Hey guys, welcome to a special edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. We're doing something a little different today. Normally we either talk about parent trainer issues. A lot of times we talk about youth soccer around the world. And today though, we're gonna focus on how we can work, how our club directors and coaches can leverage their passion to become a better organization, a more financially stable organization, an organization that becomes a pillar of the community. So while our club directors, our founders, and our coaches are very passionate about soccer, they're very passionate about the kids, and they love the families, there's another aspect of running an organization that also needs to be um, uh, thought out and planned, and that's the business, the marketing, the sales, the people management piece of it. And so what I wanna do over the next few shows is we're gonna talk about different areas of that. I have a guest lined up that's gonna talk more about the people management piece. I have a guest lined up that's gonna talk about uh, the challenges of running a youth soccer club on the mm -hmm. ground. And I have a special, you laughing, I got it, cause you probably, that's a show, that's a three hour show right there. Yep. But I have a special guest lined up now. We've done a few interviews and this, and we're wrapping up with this final one. His name is Jared. And Jared, you're gonna give us your introduction. You're gonna tell us all the stuff you do in the soccer space. And then he is gonna help um, our, he's gonna give some tips for our soccer club, soccer directors, even coaches for that matter some things they can think about in terms of growing their membership, growing their um, revenue so that they can serve more kids and um, be more influential in the community. So Jared, go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us about, tell us about what you do. Sure, so um, one of my companies is called DME Academy Sarasota. Um, it is a joint venture between DME Academy up in Daytona, which is a school similar to IMG, um, about half the cost, uh, 275 full-time student athletes. Um, they have four different sports of which they cover. Um, so we went into a joint venture together to kind of help grow the brand and build off of the brand success we built with the Daytona arm um, in other parts of the country. And so the first part of which we went into was on the west south coast of Florida, which is in the Sarasota area. Um, we acquired a, a, another club in the area that was relatively new, but built to about 200 players real quick. Um, called Next Gen Soccer Academy. Over the last four months, we've rebranded that. We've rebuilt all of our digital assets, and we, you know, we've brought some unique experiences and uh, resources to the table that a lot of the, you know, the smaller local clubs and even the larger clubs don't necessarily think about. Um, and so, you know, DMEs. We just had our tryouts in May. We're kicking off the season in August. We are going to have 13 teams this year. We're doing some really unique things. I'm happy to share those in more depth. But you know. We really started with the plan of running this business, which was setting up a one, three, five year plan, um, putting in the work and and figuring out what we wanted to do and what our quarterly objectives are and what our yearly objectives are and what our budget looks like. And, you know, we try to hold ourselves to the business side of this. And it's not just about what's on the field, but we try to do the things off the field that are as, uh, as good as we do the things on the field. Um, one of the things you mentioned, which was super interesting to me, was you know, the people uh, um, and hiring the right people. I, I take that to heart. Um, and so we overinvest uh, from a resource perspective um, at the sacrifice maybe of the business from a financial perspective in the first year to get the right people in place. Because without the right people in place, 
you are you are you are no different than every other club that's out there. And uh, that's kind of the biggest differentiator for us is having the right staff. So I'll pause and let you kind of take that from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's, okay. And I don't want to start off by saying, how do you grow? I want to really understand why your, why your club may have built a plan and, and to grow and what benefits that would offer to the community. And what are some of the pros and cons about that growth? And then how do you manage growth? So I'm thinking about like, if you have a small club, they're gonna be pros, but one of the problems is just staying afloat and, and continue to offer the service. But if you grow too fast, you have some particular issues. So God, how did you guys think about that? And, and, where, and if you could wave a magic wand, what's gonna be the, the optimal size for your program in terms of teams? It's, it's a great question. Uh, it's a great question because I've been at other clubs and I've seen how they run their businesses and I know the game. Uh, you, you know, you, you, you know, that second and third teams basically fund first teams and it's all about a headcount and it's a money play. Uh, and I really don't want to do that. Do I want to run a successful business that makes money? No question. Okay. Uh, am I willing to sacrifice a year, two years or three years to get there? Yes, I am because of the resources that DME and I bring to the table to get there, but to do it the right way. I, I think the optimal size of your club is, is it's a moving target to be totally transparent. Um, I don't know exactly where we'll end up. Where I wanna be right now is I wanna be a first team club. I wanna have every age uh, group, our goal is every age group, first teams only. Um, and I think that you can run a successful business at that size. I think we'll have a lot more interest next year um, because everything we say we're going to do, we we actually do. Um, you know, I, I put a lot of effort into, if I put it out there, then I'm going to work to get that done for the people, whether it's the leagues that people want, whether it's the fields that people want, whether it's the vision for the future of what people want. If I put it out there, most likely I'm going to get it done for the, for the, for the organization. Um, I think that we want to stay in the, like the elite group here, focus on first teams. Um, I always tell people this, though, just so you know, from a vision perspective, you do not have to be the most talented player to play at my club. Um, you do have to want to be the most talented player, um, which means you just have a commitment and a passion for getting better. You give me kids like that all day long and our coaches, because we overinvest there, will get them to the next level, whatever that is for them. So so did our uh, that's great for that. So did our listeners understand this go over the blocking and tackling of how many um days a week are your kids training how long is the season yep. and what is how and then the games and stuff how how many games are i mean yep. sorry how long is the season i'm assuming they play one or two games a, a weekend well so yeah our uh, just so you know a lot of uh soccer clubs are not year-round um we run a year-round operation so while it's not mandatory in the summer so right after tryouts in may we started our two to three weeks training sessions um that are optional to all club members we probably we have a 215 person competitive club, and we probably got 60 to 80 kids per session uh, uh, for our summer training. So we go year round. Uh, that's number one, which is a little bit different. Um, we go heavy on tournaments, which is why your your group is so important um, to us as well. Um, but each of our teams, even at the youngest age groups, do between five and ten tournaments per year. Obviously, at the younger level uh, ages, we stay local, um, but we're in a really good spot at, uh, in Sarasota, Lakewood Ranch to have premier Naples, Tampa, 
uh, Orlando. We have four great destinations for soccer tournaments, so we can keep people pretty local. And then we play in, uh, in, in various leagues, but um, on the guy side, on the top league for us, we're in the EAL this year, which we're excited about how much they're growing that league and the clubs that are joining it and, you know, the future of that. So. All right. And but how many days a week typically do your teams train? Yeah. Uh, youngers, the 15, 16, 14s are two days a week. The middle ages, which are like 13s through 06, uh, sorry, 08s, they're three days a week. And the older two groups go four days a week. Okay. So now if you're talking to club directors, you're talking to someone who comes to you and says, Jared, my club right now, we got three teams, you know, we got a couple hundred players or whatever, or less than that, whatever that is. And they say, I really want to get the word out. I think we're doing something great here. And my challenge is not enough people know about us. Without knowing anything about anything, like we say in the country, what are some of the uh, some of the main things you you would drop for that person? You know, like quick tips. So I don't want to give away my best secrets because some people will use those against me. But I'll give you some good ones. Um, we are we are producing a lot of content on our websites. Um, we are highlight. So number one, it's a content game. Get your content out on your website for your organic search traffic, and get your social media up to snuff. That doesn't mean posting a post uh, two, three times a week. It means getting out there, getting your stories up there. I try to do three to five stories a day on Instagram. Um, I am constantly tagging and, and doing small little snackable content with our players. Uh, there's no better way to show off the culture and, and kind of the success of an organization than by interviewing the kids. Um, and a lot of the parents and a lot of these kids are on social, have probably more followers than most of their clubs do. Um, so I really tap into the success of my kids and what they're already using the channels of Instagram, TikTok, um, and Snap and, and getting them out um, on social media that way. So lots of social, lots of content. Um, and then really the truth is about your, a, a good organization markets itself through the reputation they have. So how are your Google reviews? You know, we started three months ago. You know, I have, I don't know, I think it's right around 30 five-star reviews already. Uh, we've been around three, four months. A lot of my competitors don't even have, uh, they might have right around the same amount of, of uh, Google reviews and they've been around for 15 years. Um, so I'm, you know, getting Google to respect you and getting the people to share how they feel about you is probably the best bet. All right. So we're going to be wrapping this up soon. Now we in that gray area of financial growth, sustainability, as well as offering a mission driven product. But I do have to ask this, and our listeners, I consider our listeners to be very nuanced and they understand this stuff. And they're and they're able to understand that you got to kind of balance a few few things at the same time. Let's talk about summer camps and the role that summer camps play in growing a youth soccer club. Yep. Is that something that behind closed doors people in the industry think of strategically as a way? I know it's going to be cash, it's going to bring in cash. But strategically, do you look at that as a marketing opportunity as well to give people an opportunity to meet the staff, taste to get a get used to the club, whatever, see the fields, and then you start and capture their data and then you start marketing to them? I mean, or is that's that not a how I thought? That's a layup, Neil. I mean, that's 100% what I mean, and, and the clubs are getting more sophisticated and into this game. Like, you know, one of my biggest clients and favorite clients is Challenger Sports they were the largest uh, youth sports soccer camp company in, in the U S for like 20 years. Now they're second, they might be behind Nike sport camps. Um, but a lot of the, the old way of like hiring out them to just run your camp 
a lot of clubs are learning, well, we can, we can run this on our own and it can be a good revenue arm for our business. And it also does all of the things of which you just said, um, which is get people to your fields, get them to like your coach. You, a lot of people know that a good coach brings in good players. So uh, they're all using it for that reason. I'm actually like already a step ahead of that. I mean, we do this sort of thing, but I think that the types of camps need to change a little bit. So, you know, we're starting to integrate multi-sport camps. We're charting, uh, you know, a lot of people are on the, they're now doing, we'll do an attacking camp. We'll do a goalie camp. That's great. I feel like that's what a lot of clubs think is good right now. I'm more interested in multi-sport limiting injuries for knees, especially in girls athletes. So how can we introduce different sports? I'm looking at bringing in mental performance trainers to help worry about that side of the game. Nutrition, 100% overlooked. Half, almost all these kids are going to Chick-fil-A or Burger King or McDonald's on their way home from practice because it gets home late. Got to get them off that trend. And then we're really, because of the resources that DME brings to the table, I've got an entire facility campus up in Daytona that I can use for our camp. So this last year, we bust up 45 kids from Sarasota for a seven-night uh, overnight camp at DME. We played 27 sessions over that period, practice sessions. You know, we, we talk about nutrition. We did uh, some mental performance type things. And then think about the culture that it builds for all of these kids that are now, you know, um, it used to be so much about team culture within a club, like a 2010 team, they love each other, but do they know the 2008 team? Um, so what I was able to do by bringing multiple ages is now all these kids are connecting with each other that are cross ages, which is strengthening in our, our culture because of the opportunities we have up at our full boarding campus with a fully lit turf field, with a performance training center, with pool access and beach access and all sorts of stuff. That's amazing. So I have a couple quick follow-ups. So you touched on something that as a parent who happens to be an entrepreneur as well, I'm always, the wheels are always churning. And an opportunity I think clubs are missing is there are a lot of parents who are saying, maybe it's just me. I'm assuming a lot of parents. <laughs> Why can't you guys offer the multi-sports stuff and just keep it in-house? So because you know our other our kids' schedule. So you're asking for all this time. And my son wants to play basketball, right? My son wants to do flag football. It, he, does, he would love to play flag football against his buddies who play soccer. And oh, by the way, if it's flag football, using that as an example, the rules can be a little bit more lax on the age. So maybe it's two age groups playing. Same thing with basketball. And you know, at the club, you know the schedules of the kids. So you, now you can create the eight week basketball season that works totally around whatever you're demanding for soccer. Instead of having parents looking at schedules, hoping that this one doesn't conflict especially when you talk about this recreational stuff. So I, I, I absolutely love it. And then the reality is our kids are involved in the, when they're playing competitive sports, some of their best friends are the actual soccer players, right? So why not have them play basketball? That's just going to build more team camaraderie because you're playing basketball with your soccer friend. And so if, if that's what you're talking about, then, you know, I'm moving to Florida, sign me up. Well, so we're, it's so hard to do, right? Like we're trying to integrate this idea um, and we have to test it. And here's the truth, like, and unfortunately I've seen it backfire. Whereas like my son's 2010 team was stacked a couple of years ago and they had a great player, starting player. Uh, he decided he wanted to take a year off to play another sport. Like in the old days that used to happen and was fine, right? But this kid, because these kids play so much now, which is sad a little bit, um, 
they don't they, like this kid came back a year later and he was no longer an A team player. He was now on the B team. I think he quit soccer at this point. That year off was such a difference from the development perspective of these kids, where all those kids that were training three, four, or five times a week, uh, they lost. They, they gained an edge and that kid lost an edge for a year. And then it was a non-negotiable, like the kid just kind of burnt out, he's done. So you see it go the other way, which scares me a little bit as a parent and as a, you know, involved in sports, like, like if they take off too much time, they lose too much ground. Um, but we've got to find a way as like a governing body, or there's got to be some rules maybe put in place where people get aligned on certain things where maybe it's one day a week that instead of a soccer practice, they're just doing performance training or maybe they're playing flag football or maybe they're playing flag the, the frisbee uh game or cap doing some other things body other body movements need to happen and uh we got to figure out how to do it we got to figure out how to do it and and then for clarification from my point so i was envisioning something where first of all i agree it's hard because something that may seem reasonable to me i've been there even when you try to offer free free play it's yep. it's a straight you have to market free stuff more than you have to market the pay stuff. So I get it, it's not that simple. But the way I was thinking about it was sort of like what you said, where you're not taking away at the end, they're not taking away the soccer hours. But instead of me going and trying to sign up for I-9, you just build in on Sunday afternoon, the soccer club offers, say, flag football. Even if the soccer club is partnering with I-9, I'm using I-9 as an example, even if they're partner with partner with them saying, hey, we have a group of kids, we have a distribution, we're in the off season, you guys do flag football on Sundays, offer our members, we're gonna help you with the facilities, um, offer our members this program, you can bring some of your kids. I was basically saying, just, just trying to offer more than just soccer from our soccer clubs to help tackle the multi-sport question, but also help tackle the, um, the logistics the parents face when they are trying to schedule multiple sports with their kids. Yeah. So great idea. Uh, I mean, I actually do the marketing for, uh, we've done the marketing for Under Armour flag football. Uh, I have some good friends in my area. So I might, maybe I'll try to test this out for you and report back to you. Uh, maybe there's a collaboration to be had. Uh, and we, you know, I can also poll all of, we should do a poll. You should do a poll on your group and say, are your kids interested in other sports? Like the reality is they probably are. And then the second question should be like, are they actually playing other sports? And then you're going to see a big dip. Uh, but we can, maybe I'll try this and, and let you know how it goes. Try it and let me know how it goes. I know how hard it is. At a minimum, what we'll have to do is, as a start is introduce it within the curriculum, say 15 minutes here, 30 minutes here, or a free play day. But if it's something that we can um, make standard, then it could work. Okay, so, so, so I think we have got a lot of good information for our club directors and coaches and like i always say on these podcasts you, you're just not going to cover everything in the show you just can't so this is an opportunity for folks to meet you get to know you and then uh, reach out to you if they have specific questions if you're a club director out there who is struggling to try to grow your club called better call jared if you are hiring coaches and you want to understand how did they, you know, he said they invest in good people. Well, what does that look like? Better call Jared. <laughs> you know, you can conduct, you can have that conversation with him and he'll share what information he can uh, when he's available. So go ahead. Can I say one more thing too? Absolutely. Uh, 
I think there's a lot that I can learn from a lot of club directors and club leaders across the country that I, I don't know yet. But I think that I can all, maybe it's a, a, a tit for tat sort of thing where we can help each other. There's a lot of soccer people out there that know a lot more than me. Um, but I think that I have enough knowledge on the soccer front and a ton of knowledge on the business operations, hiring and marketing and sales of an organization in this vertical that I can be an asset to them there. Okay, guys, you've been listening to the Inside Scoop. This has been a special one uh, focused directly on our club directors and our coaches who run uh, small to medium to even large uh, soccer clubs. Just want to start getting the conversation, beginning the conversation about how to run a world-class organization in addition to offering a world-class soccer service. I think both of them need to be in play if it's going to be sustainable. And you've been listening to Jared Antista, I want to make sure I get it right, out of Sarasota, co-founder of DME Academy Sarasota, and he is going to be available to answer any questions, give any, share any tips to the best of his ability. Thanks for watching. watching. This is Neil Crawford with Anytime Soccer Training.